Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health the podcast with your host Ryan Lampers, aka the Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. Ryan is the well-rounded bearded brawn of Hunt Harvest Health. His knowledge of backcountry adventure, western hunting, and our household status as garden guru and super dad really defines our gut stealthy lifestyle. Uh, Doc Hillary is definitely the brains and beauty behind all of this. She kind of makes everything happen as I have zero technical skills. Hill is just a wealth of knowledge in all things medicine and nutrition, which not only keep our family healthy, but they help me stay strong in all my mountain adventures. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at huntharvesthealth.com. And if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate all the five-star reviews that you, the listeners, have shared on iTunes. The Hunt Harvest Health Selection Committee, who's uh, myself and Stealthy Honor, We'll be enjoying and selecting a review for each podcast. If we read your review on the air, please email us at lampers at stealthyhunter.com to get your official Hunt Harvest Health t-shirt or tank. Now for today's review, right? Okay, so we have a review from Man Pup. All right, Man Pup. Awesome. Hillary and Ryan are very intelligent. Whoa. Their knowledge base of hunting, how food affects our bodies, and gardening makes me envious at times. I learn endless information from their podcast and apply it to all my daily life. I'm always disappointed hunters aren't more in tune with their food. If I see someone eating a Slim Jim on the side of a mountain or buy crappy prepackaged foods to eat with their amazing organic meat harvests, I'm disappointed that they aren't matching their meat harvests with the rest of their diet, lifestyle, and overall health. Also, I'm always disappointed hunters don't know how to cook more diverse recipes. Ryan and Hillary provide some great ones that are outside the box and delicious. People, especially hunters, can benefit greatly from this podcast. Nice work and keep it up. Wow, thanks, man pup. (laughs) Your support and desire to learn is why we do what we do. All right, let's do this. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. Uh, Today, we are again fortunate enough to be sitting down with Zach Kenner. uh, He's been on the podcast before. Um, Gosh, what did we talk about? I went over to your place, and we just kind of talked everything hunting. (laughs) What did you guys talk about? (laughs) It was was just kind of a hodgepodge of what we'd been doing, a little bit of hunting, um, what we're up to. We had just shot the mountain challenge. So oh, yeah, Zach right. talked a ton about his life, basically, and and because yeah. I, I I painted cabinets out in the lawn, editing slash listening to Zach's <laughs> podcast. I remember that one. He did a lot of talking about growing up and yeah, the things he loved to do. And we learned about Zach, yeah, on yeah. that podcast. That's right. Well, today it's going to be a little bit different. We're a little more focused on what we're here to talk about. Um, you know, we uh, during the time that actually we first met. Up at the Mountain Challenge, we, uh, you know, they have this little film festival at night. 
And during that, uh, one of the films that was being shown was one of your films. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people know you and they respect you for your filmmaking, which is uh, pretty incredible. Getting better. Uh, getting better. What's we'll, we'll getting better? Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it gets any better, I mean, it's already <laughs> incredible. So, yeah, we, uh, we watched uh, one of the films. I know uh, very few people have actually gotten the chance to see this. Right. Um, but it is going to be coming out for everybody here shortly. Yeah. When is that? Um, I'll, I'm not exactly sure on the date, but we figure when, when this airs, it'll be available. Yeah. It's coming so, out quick. Yeah. Coming out quick. So, uh, yeah, it, I know, uh, my wife was with me, Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, she got to see it. And, uh, I think me and Zach talked right after, you know, I had seen it and I was telling him what I thought. And a lot of people were, you know, that was kind of the, the conversation people were having was with that one film that was just unique. It was something that, uh, you know, has never been really done before, no. had a really different storyline to it. And, um, I remember you and I were talking like, I wonder how certain people are going to feel about this. Certain people that maybe aren't involved in, you know, hunting so much. And that's why we were really curious to, to figure out what, you know, Hill, what you thought about <laughs> it, because you got to watch it that night. And, um, and so, um, that's why you're on here, Hill, today. I know. I was wondering why I was on this podcast. Uh, do you want me to give you my answer? Well, I'm going yeah. to jump in really quick. Okay, and talk. yeah. Um, so, the, the film is called True Conservation. That's its title. Right. And on that, um, it, it was in the Full Draw Film Tour this year. And so that's why you say a lot of people really haven't got to see it. So unless you didn't go to the tour, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been released on the internet yet. And so, yeah, you know, that was, they showed a few of the shows there at that archery shoot and that's where Hill and everyone there got to see it. And so, yeah, it's definitely a different film and, you know, talking to Ryan about it beforehand, I was like, you know, it's like ensuring you don't be late because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I want you to see this and, and I didn't want to give it away. Um, because, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give it away here. You know, it's, it's a film that I I call it true conservation because it's a film where we actually had to put deer down, um, due to their hardships. Mm -hmm. And, but yet we put our tags on them on our hunt, you know, and, and it's kind of not the norm, you know, is, I mean, when it comes to hunting, normally you're out there, you know, in the, you know, public land, fair chase or whatever. And these animals are. You're normally smarter than you are, mm-hmm. you know, you're on their turf, you're on, you're in their home. And then, you know, and in this case, um, it was a really bad fire year and we ran into a couple deer that didn't quite make it out in time. Um, and so we ended up, you know, tagging, putting our tags on them and, you know, kind of telling the, the conservation story with that film. And, you know, that's just one example of conservation. I don't want to define conservation by that one act. Sure, that was that was kind of different. You know, it wasn't protecting habitat or right. per se. It was different. You know, it was more of a an act of, um, you know, compassion towards animals. I guess you could yeah. say, um, in how it was depicted. I loved it because it it did show like what you were willing to do, what you'd set out there to do, and what you ended up doing. Yeah. Um, you probably had no idea that was going to be the scenario that laid out before you, but, uh, no. And, and what's crazy is it all happened one day that was yeah. opening morning. And, you know, I mean, I'd been scouting and, you know, found a couple of really nice bucks and I actually, you know, we tried for that, the biggest buck opening morning and things didn't work out. And so, 
you know, we headed over to the burn just because that was my other stomping grounds that I really didn't have any other spots to go. And, and that fire had just happened a week and a half before opening day. Um, or it was a week and a half to two weeks, somewhere in there. But, uh, so it, it, so stuff know, was still smoldering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything was fresh. And, uh, you know, a lot of animals and a lot of these fires, unfortunately, they get singed. They get, you know, they'll maybe not get burned by mm-hmm. actual flames, but they're running through a hotbed of coals and they're destroying their feet and their hair is getting singed on their legs. And, and it, it's a story that you've seen told by, um, like for a farmer's livestock, you know, you'll see photos of that when a fire goes through and, and, you know, levels a whole herd of cattle or whatnot, but you've never heard that story told for deer. And, yeah. and that's where this is. I'm not saying that it's the only time it's ever been done. I guarantee that's not the case. It's just the first time it's been captured on film and and shared you know and so um yeah i know me and hillary kind of talked about it for a while after Mm -hmm. and it definitely touched her Mm -hmm. well i'm as everyone knows coming coming into this world is kind of new for me even having been married to ryan i wouldn't say that watching even hunting films was my thing i've never watched a lot of hunting tv it's just never appealed to me um for a variety of reasons it does now because i think there's folks like you, Zach, that, um, Mm -hmm. you're, you're showing it in a completely different light. We're not just watching, you know, no offense to whitetail guys, but we're not just watching, (laughs) you know, guys sitting in a tree, uh, shooting whitetail and, you know, yeehaw. The first, the very first outdoor film that I watched was Donnie Vincent's film. Oh, right. Uh, the one about the, the, the deer that he, Steve, Steve. Steve. Mm -hmm. And the reason I watched that was one because I mean, Gritty likes to tease us all the time that Ryan is Donnie Vincent Lampers. But (laughs) when Ryan showed me on Facebook, this guy who is making these films, their similarity in the way they looked. Yeah. But the way that they talked, the way that they acted, the things that they said, I was like, Oh my gosh, honey, you should make a movie. Like this guy <laughs> is like your twin. And, and Donnie Vincent just kind of, I, I obviously was not in this world and he just appeared all of a sudden I started seeing his stuff and Ryan was showing it to me and he just had this, the way he filmed these movies were, I think that's the new genre of hunting films. It's, it's a film and there's emotion intact where I feel like in the past there was no emotion except exhilaration of killing this animal mm-hmm. that you used to see. And right. so what the public's idea of hunting videos or whatever is maybe that. And when I first saw Donnie Vincent's uh, movie, it was so well done. It was cinematic. It, it You were, after a while, you like wanted to get this deer because he just made you feel this thing for this deer. And at the same time, he made you feel this like, remorse about maybe killing this deal, right? Like you had a relationship with this deer, which I think is what film is supposed to do. It's supposed to bring an emotion to somebody. That's, I think that's why people love movies. That's why we love the idea of watching these things, whatever it is, we get a step out of our life for a minute. We get it, but we have an emotional reaction. So you've probably watched movies. You have no emotional reaction. It's not very good to you right? You don't like it. And some people will find it emotionally to them. So that's the first real outdoor thing that I watched was his. And uh, so, and then coming into this group of people and uh, being at the film festival or being at the archery challenge and then um, 
watching the films and you know like dave baronio like outback actors mm-hmm. uh, they were they had a film in and i know dave now and it it brings on a whole different thing when you know somebody in that right and i guess in the past i would have been like mm, hunting films like hunting videos or watching this and i really felt like for the first time ever in my entire life i was sitting there really um having an emotional reaction to the films in there, even the guys that I don't know, let's say. And I didn't know you really well. I just met yeah. you, right, that right. night? I think that the new the new filmmaking that's coming out and showing these animals in their pristine environment, showing the hard work that it takes, showing your guys' actual love for the animals, their habitat, for conservation, that really makes it, to me, um, much easier to watch these things. I feel that now. I feel much more connected because I know the people and I know their intention. So maybe something in the past, I wouldn't have understood their intention. And I think that's what Donnie Vincent did for me is he helped me to see that there's like intention behind this. And that's what this film, new era of filmmaking is doing. So as far as your movie... Yeah, like, I guess you never think about that stuff. You never think about the animals who are suffering. And this is, it'd just be like, it's like the wildfires that just happened in California. And you hear about thousands, I mean, dozens of people lost their lives, people hiding in their swimming pool, holding their spouses in their arms. Like, you hear these tragic stories and you go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And it truly is. Right. But you also don't think about the thousands and thousands of lives lost in the wildlife, like the deer, the elk, the coyote, the rat, the, the, the like mice, the yeah. birds, like yeah. they not only if they survive, they've now lost massive amounts of habitat that they live in. And I don't think we think of that as humans necessarily. We, we may think we think about that, but that's not the first thing I think of when I think of a wildfire. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, as hunters, I think hunters, probably at least i do i can speak for myself like like we had a fire this year here in washington Mm -hmm. and um it was started by a guy and i think you know the first thing my concern my first concern is not you know just the loss of property or habitat or whatever it was how many animals got taken out Mm -hmm. in that fire by just some guy carelessly setting fires and, and purposely fully starting fires and i think a lot of hunters they um they're a little misunderstood people may not think of hunters and, and, and that's how they think. That's how, you know, we really have a connection with animals. Yeah, we pursue them, but we have a connection with them and uh, we care so much about them. That's my first reaction when I hear of a big wildfire. I'm not really thinking about property loss, but I'm thinking about, oh man, well, hopefully the critters got away. And not just fires. I mean, like we've talked about this before where we, we are analyzing the weather, con- con- you know, conditions, yeah. um, herd populations winter loss yeah yeah i mean we're we are so in tune with those animals and their habitat just because yeah we kill them but Mm -hmm. at the same time we want to kill them every year we you know we want to have that meat we want to have that experience that adventure every year so we want that herd to be there forever Mm -hmm. you know and so um that we you know they have a a saying actually in, in the sheep foundation where it's you take one off the mountain, you put one back. And that's where, you know, funds are, are raised for, you know, conservation. We actually plant sheep on the mountain. You know what I mean? They have, um, at the auctions, they'll have times where uh, they'll have, you know, like a herd that they had to take out from pneumonia. And they're trying to put 
sheep back on the mountain. And so you're, I mean, you actually pay right. to put a sheep or 10 or however many you want to, you know, um, support. So through fundraisers, that's yeah. where that money is, is going yeah. is to get those sheep back on the mountain. Right. right. Yeah. I think the con I think the film itself and what you showed you did um you were merciful by helping these animals die because they were suffering. Like they were gonna die themselves. You don't it wanna, was just a matter of time. You don't wanna watch that. You no. you don't wanna watch that. And I couldn't imagine like if that was me and I was walking through the forest and I saw an animal suffering like that. I'm not a hunter. I would want it. I would want to help that animal die. Like I would be like, let's do the humane thing here and do what we need to. Who would ever be against this? When you watch that film, you just go, if you are against these guys, like being merciful and killing these animals that when you see the movie that are really suffering, like there's a problem there. (laughs) Well, I don't. And then that brings you closer to this idea of like, yeah, we should be thinking of these animals out there and how many of them after one of these things happens are up there on the mountain suffering. And are they getting the help they need? You know, are people thinking about them? You know, because we aren't the only living things on this planet. And we like, and most of us like to act like that. Most Another part of like the, the fires is, is not only am I thinking about the animals that have been physically hurt, but thinking about, like, a lot of times, you know, it's their winter range that catches on fire. Right. And now they have no food exactly. for the upcoming winter. and or, or, you know, a lot of the sagebrush country, you know, here in Washington will burn. And the sagebrush doesn't grow back. Like, yep. yeah, you know. and You end up with a bunch of yellow grass and yep. very, very little feed. Yeah. So, it's, you know, there's so much more to think about than, than even just the physical damage. Like, I mean, we're thinking about. It's Everything. a it's a generational thing now, right? So these deer that survived this, if they're lucky enough to survive for another couple yeah. years, I mean, what is their nutritional status going to be? What is their offspring going to be like? Like, what kind of genetics are they passing down? Like, yeah. this isn't just like a one bang thing. This is probably like it'd be like in humans if you starved. If you starve one generation, you can see genetic impacts on that up to seven generations after. Right. Three, two, three directly. Mm. So if your grandmother starved during the war, you can, her grandchildren will be directly affected by that. Their genetic makeup can be directly affected by that. So you're going to see that same thing in these animals who are suffering and who may be starving and they don't have enough food to eat, right? You're going to see a difference in their genetic makeup in their life. Well, the unique thing about a fire though, is you also got to look at post fire, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I worry about the animals during a fire, but I'm also, um, looking forward to being around areas that have burned in the past because the nutritional value there spikes. I yeah. mean, it's, it's an unbelievable amount of new nutrition right. in coming up through the ground. So that fire generally puts a lot of organic yeah, matter back into the ground. Generally what I've noticed is you see the best that that country has ever produced as far as antler growth. Mm-hmm. Um, their true genetics are going to come to shape and, and show and themselves in the next few different, years. You know, because fire, even like the acute thing, but chronically over, I mean, like long term, you see increase in minerals, you see increase yeah. in these nutrients because the grasses are, these things oh, are growing. And especially here in Western Washington, where we have like such thick underbrush, you know, some of these areas that don't get any, they don't have fire or they don't, if they're not even clear cut, like there's no animals there. 
Because animals yeah. can't live in there. There's... Yeah, I think there's certain zones. Um, like like Zach mentioned, as far as winter range, you know that's pretty tragic because you do get a loss, yeah. a loss of brush. Yeah, that's where that the starvation eat. comes into play. Yeah. Right. Versus... But, when, but when you get these upper elevation type fires that burn through, um, generally it's like a rebirth for that entire area. Right. Elk will move in. The herd gets stronger. Um, you know, the antlers are, you know, obviously you, you see these giant burn bucks. They're, they're peaked for mm-hmm. what they could be. And um, a lot of hunters look forward to that. But in the immediate time during a fire, you know, obviously it's just tragic, you yeah. know, seeing what happens to the animals. So I'm curious, like, you know, what was it when you first saw, you know, the film Hill? What, mm-hmm. what did you think when they decided to take the approach they did and stop hunting off, you know, other, other bucks. And exactly what I said before, like, that's what they should have done. I wouldn't expect them to do anything else. I can't. And that's that's how I felt. I like, like, cause I wrote, I wrote an article too, telling the story and put it in the the mule deer foundation uh, Mm -hmm. magazine. And I think kind of at the end of that, I I said something like, you know, I, I kind of just hoped that any other hunter would have done the same, you know, I mean, not necessarily the case, but that's, you know, I, mm-hmm. that's all what I can hope. You right. Know, is that, and, and that's kind of, kind of why I, I honestly, when I filmed, when I filmed that, I didn't think I would ever use it for anything. No one, no, you know, in, in my eyes, no one wants to see me, you know, mm-hmm. putting a couple of deer out of their misery. Like it's not fun. It's not On fun to watch. It's been obviously burned. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's not entertaining. Right. It, it's, you know, it's hard no, it, to watch, honestly. It was and, sad. It yeah. was definitely sad. It, and, yeah. you know, I mean, every time I've been uh, at a show where that was showing, it's dead quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, no one is mumbling, talking. Everyone's focused in and just in shock. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of why, you know, like you were saying on these films, you know, if you can connect with it, it you know, you're... Um, you're getting people to think yes, a lot more yeah. a lot more thought put into yeah. uh, like your films actually you know, part of me thought like why don't they hire people to go out and do this because <laughs> if if you find two deer you go out on one random day to go yeah. deer hunting and you find two deer that are suffering like this yeah. you think like how many hundreds of deers in yeah. this fire are suffering like oh, not even got- deer but like there's a lot of other animals inside deer. Like no. I just, that's my first thought is like, yeah, it got me thinking. Cow. It got it's my like mind a... racing. I'd, I'd never really thought about that. No. Like going into an area that had just recently been burned. Like that fire was what? How many weeks away? It, from... it was no more than two. It was like a week and a half so or two weeks. Super fresh. It, yeah. yeah. See, I had never even, even crossed my mind. Yeah. I mean, yet stump, now... stumps were still on fire. Her yeah. smoking, you know, yeah. I mean, wow. it was. So why would a hunter not do what you did? <sighs> just wanting to shoot a bigger buck i mean I, yeah you know, or bigger, to get a bigger yeah animal. i mean i guess or just yeah. not you know and i mean uh maybe thinking that their meat's no good anyway you know well and you know some people would have might have expected like oh i'm gonna put this deer down and maybe the game department will give me another tag or i mean mm-hmm. I, I don't know i mean yeah whatever. that the the meat thing so I did my, eat it. Yeah, yeah, that's what my, yeah, no, my concern um, was. How was the meat? I my, mean, was it? My buck was pretty badly burned. Um, yeah. His back legs were had a couple pretty good pus pockets, mm-hmm. and obviously, I didn't eat anything you know around that. Um, but so I, you just trimmed down a ways. And yeah, it was, it yeah, was fun. yeah, and and it was lean. He had he was you know really bad, hardly walking, and um, he didn't have hardly any fat on him. Yeah. You know, like. 
he wasn't honestly i don't know that he would have made it another week right and so he was pretty bad shape and i didn't i didn't like steak it or burger it or anything honestly i i crock potted it all (laughs) and then used that for my dehydrated meals Mm -hmm. that i used in you know for the next season um and doing that flavor really wasn't an issue because i'm you know i'm mixing it with potatoes or whatever and you right. know i'm making my meals and so that's right you you'd mentioned that that yeah. didn't occur to me I and I, you so i use that deer just because i i at least know if it's crock potted down yeah uh, it's not going to matter with, with it what it tastes like you right. know i'll still eat it and and it was and it was fine i mean even just i mean i tried it as just the roast and it was fine i mean and then dad's only had um, a broken front shoulder and so the rest, of, he still had fat on him and whatnot. I mean, he was in really good shape, so it wasn't that bad. But, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were both, both of them were singed. You know, ears were ears were rock hard, and like I describe it in my article um, as like if you picture a pig's ear, you buy at the store. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they're cooked and, and mm-hmm. they're rock hard, and that's how these deer's ears were. They were you could. Hmm. flick them and and it was like a thud thud hell if we bought pig's ears at the store <laughs> <laughs> no you buy them for your dog if you don't know what i'm talking about They're... oh the pig ears at the vet yeah yeah at the yeah. pet store oh, for yeah pets. yeah okay the pig All ears right. yeah sorry i should have just explained that a little bit <laughs> yeah like, no. man are we missing something no <laughs> The ones out. you buy for your dogs to chew on, <laughs> like they're 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 cooked. Like, that's exactly what it reminded okay. me of. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because they were kind of curled and yeah, it, it was Jeez. yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So, and did, did, did you guys actually you know see other deer out there, or were those the two first two that you saw? Um, those were the only two bucks that we saw. We saw another doe that had um, singed up pretty good, but but she was running like she was in good shape i mean i feel like she was gonna be fine but you could definitely tell by looking at binoculars that she was different colored you know i mean she was singed yeah because i know like watching your buck um it just seemed like the skin had tightened Mm -hmm. um it was burnt had that stoved up look to it yeah um probably pretty painful to just move and move that skin yeah Yeah. and i think i would guess being burnt has got to be one of the worst oh yeah ways to suffer um, like that. Yeah. Cause no, you're, and you're so prone to infection. Like you, you're not gonna, you know, you're going to really suffer when you die. It's not good. Yeah. It was definitely an interesting situation. You know what I mean? One that I really hope to never have to do again, but yeah. So how quickly did you make that decision? I know you had another larger buck yeah. that you had seen. Um, but you came to this spot. Mm-hmm. I think you guys said you decided to head up to the burn and just eyeball it, just look at it and see what the yeah. damage was and all that. Was it upon first sight of well, those deer? Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much. You yeah. know, it. We you know we saw Dad's buck first, and I don't really show it a lot in the film because the wind was blowing so hard that the, it just shook the camera, even on a tripod, and it was just really shaky footage. Um, I show a little clip of it, but that buck was just laying there and he would lift his leg like every five minutes. And you could tell he was just like, like holding it in the air going out, you know, out, out. And then he'd, he'd set it down soft and then he'd lay his head down. And, and I say it in the film too, you know I mean? Like that's what helped dad get in close is he would hold his head down on the ground. And then mm-hmm. there was a little lip right there and we were able to sneak right in on it. But, um, just, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. And, um, we actually spotted my buck first, and 
Oh no, I, I, no, I think I just said we spotted dads first. We shot dads first, but we spotted mine first down in the canyon. And so when we were looping around to make a move on mine, that's when we ran into dads. Oh. And that's so it's, it, it doesn't really say that much in the film. You know, you kind of have to tell the story the best you can with what you got. And you don't get a whole lot of time. No. It, it feels like you just get into it and it's done. You're well, like, what? The part yeah. Of- what she's saying is we needed more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to, I like, um, I like more of the backstory. I like more of the filler stuff. That's just kind of me. Like I like more. I like to know more of the story itself. Yeah. And I think those time slots that you have for those films. Well, part of that is is short. current um, attention spans. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> I was trying to find the best way to say no it, but but it is. You know, people the younger generation doesn't want to watch a fifteen minute video. Like if they can see it in five minutes, they'd rather. I was going to say, I am. I guess I am old. I saw an app I could, that I can read. I could just continue to watch I can watch read those. a book in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It'll read me a book in 15 minutes. I was like, man, I need that. I don't get to read as many books as I want to. But so that's but, why they're kind of, the shorter, the better, mm-hmm. um, just for attention span. Yeah. And, and that has to do with, with everything. I mean, not, not only the social media things, but even current movies that are in theaters, you know, blockbusters, you know, when it just comes to movie making in general, I mean... It, the shots are quick you know i mean it's, it's you gotta neck it down to meat and potatoes yeah, fast. It, yeah. well and just the, yeah it's the way they're shot you know there's never a really 10 15 second same angle anymore it's always you know like three seconds and switch you know three seconds and switch and so your your mind is always swipe 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 yep. swipe yeah <laughs> yeah as about as long as your eyes a little tension during yep. the swipe that's basically how fast you have to be <laughs> i notice it with my kids yeah it's so like, that, I don't see what I want. Swipe. Like, get something else. Get yeah. something else. You so know? That, yeah. that's why they're Bailey last night, like that. We, uh, we were listening to 80s <laughs> hair band music. <laughs> it was Ryan's birthday party. We yeah. were having a hair band had some music. Motley Crue on. And yeah, Paley had enough. Skid Row. Yeah, and Skid Row. <laughs> I went for Skid Row. And uh, yeah, she yeah, went. Zach's too young she to had remember had enough. these songs. <laughs> <laughs> She'd had enough. She, uh, she heard a little bit of those, that old garbage music but and, then uh, you know what she came in today she, and she bam, says mom it, can you turn music. that 80s music on <laughs> no way no, yeah she said that. can you turn your old 80s music on <laughs> sure anyways yeah it's it's short attention span yeah I think that's yeah it's interesting so yeah i mean i think we've really described the film pretty well and yeah. definitely want to go check it out uh it's, yeah I'd, i would recommend it to anybody you know hunters non-hunters you know, yeah. I think anybody can take something away from this for sure. You know, and, and before we get into like where to find it, I'd you know, like to talk about how you can help, mm-hmm. you know, how the, how the listener, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, whether you're, you know, especially like a non-hunter or even a hunter that just isn't really aware, you know, how, how can you help? And it, and I, I kind of brought up, you know, the Mueller Foundation and the, you know, the magazine and I brought up the Sheep Foundation and, and really it's. There's so many conservation groups that are out there, you know, whether it's uh, Ducks Unlimited, that's definitely the most common in the nation. Um, you know, there's Pheasants Forever, uh, Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. I mean, there's there's just tons of them. And, you know, like, I'd say that me and you, Ryan, are pretty much mule deer hunters at heart. Yep. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll support the Mule Deer Foundation. And yeah, that that's great. I would appreciate it. But I also... You have to look at the big picture and realize that even like a Ducks Unlimited, 
guy that, you know, goes to all, oh, I'm a duck guy. I'm going to go to all the duck auctions. Well, I'm just as grateful for him because the thousands of dollars that they spend on conserving, conserving land and habitat affects deer. I mean, everything, you know? And so it's, I, I try to be a part of as many as I can because every dollar that goes out is helping helping mule deer i mean realistically right yeah habitat doesn't just fall under one no you know one no. duck you, it's not you know, just it, affecting the ducks you talk about like the wild sheep foundation putting in um these water traps you know in a lot of the like arizona nevada you know kind of desert uh climates the mule deer are drinking right out of those too the the mountain lions are drinking out of them i mean everything everything utilizes it you know and Absolutely. so and so like how how do you help well just uh, memberships is you know a good base start you know join join them it's easy get online look them up and and buy your either annual or they have lifetime memberships and i mean it's uh and then the other way is fundraisers you know whether you're going to the banquet auctions or um they have you know some of these sportsman shows also you know will are selling off tags or doing raffles or i mean it will like we were just looking yeah, at, we were, we we were, were just looking to... at dollar amounts here you know like we only have the, the the latest one was 2014 um total revenue like for actual mission work that the mule deer foundation raised in 2014 was 9,300,000. Wow. I mean and and the, we're we're hunters, right? Like like we don't care about the animals. We don't care about the habitat. We just right. go out and shoot stuff. Yeah, right. As we, as we raise, you know, millions of dollars. Right. And this and, is this is just the Mule Deer Foundation, and that was a, a huge percentage. I was actually surprised. A huge percentage of that actually went right back into where it was supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. that's always my question, especially with charity. You know, how much? What is the percentage going back in? Yeah. Actually, going well, and you, to and you have to be wary of that stuff these days because you know there's a lot of. Kind and of then you know I was talking about the Sheep Foundation. I got a stat here of over the past 90 years, about 22,000 sheep have been translocated in the United States and Canada. Right. You know, helping helping repopulate some of these pneumonia-infected herds or, you know, maybe fires, maybe winter kills, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, that's just mind-boggling, you know, the amount of money and effort and volunteer work that it takes, you know, I mean... Yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of that it's it's definitely unseen. Um, you know, we can keep going back to Hillary's crowd or Hillary's. I don't really have a crowd people. anymore. Uh, she's my funny. type people. She's type people. Who is my type people now? Because my type know. people is sitting here talking about hunting. You are. You are. Yeah. In our I need to now. know who my Didn't type people be. are. But no. And actually, all of my type people listen to this podcast I and know. they want to go hunting. So now I'm like, uh, I think my type people were actually just becoming like people. We've always kind of joked your type people as just someone that maybe has hasn't been involved with hunting or well why don't you just say the majority of the population who does not understand hunting yeah i like your type people better but (laughs) um, but that crowd yeah for sure i think um um you know a lot of it goes unseen and and they don't understand unless we bring it up and actually let them know um you know you don't always want to just pat yourself on the back but hunters do a very good job at raising dollars Right. To uh, put back into habitat restoration and all kinds of things, transplants and um, oh, just a, a whole host of issues, and and it just doesn't get seen. You know, they're pretty quiet about it, and uh, unless people talk about it a little bit more, it's it's one of those things that people don't realize. Right. Yeah. And and that's kind of you know what this film was 
turned into, I mm-hmm. should say. It, it was not set out to do that, but once I kind of started bringing up some of the footage and editing it, I was like, you know, I mean, this is this story actually, you know, I kind of want to tell. Like I, it, it, it wasn't a, a, I don't know. It just, it just happened. Like I really wasn't trying to portray the message that happened, you know, until I really started editing. And then it was like, you know, I could actually, so you, I could help people understand that. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we hunt, but at the same time, like I care for these animals so much. So did you make this, like you went out on this hunt and you filmed it yeah. and you got done and then did a light click on like, no, and this, what? no, yeah, it clicked on 10 months later when mm-hmm. I, when I actually kind of, cause like I said, I didn't plan on using it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I filmed it anyway. And I, to be honest, I did a piss poor job of it. Uh, just, I didn't think I was going to use it. So I didn't take a bunch of the shots that I normally would. You know, I basically kind of filmed kill shots and a little bit of a little bit of them alive and mm-hmm. a little bit of packing out, and that was it. Like normally, mm-hmm. I it's like a you're usually pretty cinematic. And yeah, you get a lot of yeah. the approach and yeah, yeah. and so and, and then kind of just going through and looking through footage. I was kind of feeling like editing up editing up a film. I, I, I kind of get inspired occasionally. Like I, I don't know, either I'll, I'll watch a film or something, and it's like thoughts start rolling through my head, and I sit down and I just start editing, and then I just go all in, and and that happened with that one. And uh, I started in like July, I remember this, and kind of put the main hunt story, just like the main story together, and I was like, you know, like that's where it kind of hit me. I was like, this is actually going to turn into something pretty special. And so then I, I kind of reached out for help. I know uh, uh, Jade, uh, the guy that actually runs the Full Draw Film Tour now, he, he kind of helped me with some with some last-minute editing stuff and just kind of make it flow a little bit better. Um, and I sent it out to a handful of people, you know, asking for input, and they, you know, be like, hey, you know, it's, it's edit, you know, this this spot kind of jumped out at me or whatnot. And so, I mean, it was, it was uh, I can't take full credit, but mm-hmm. it, uh, it definitely turned out way better than I anticipated, yeah. you know, and, and I'm so grateful for it. I mean, it's, 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 I think it's going to be something special when it, when it's released online. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Cause it is pretty short. It's not, it's not like it's a long yeah. film like we discussed, but, um, it gets, it gets right to it and it does absolutely show the mercy yeah, and, uh, the compassion that, yeah, uh, you know, and I got the, the mule deer foundation on board with this. They're going to actually help spread the word and, and, and yeah. help portray that message. You know, they're going to send it out to their viewers and hopefully, in fact, I still have people messaging me from the tour asking when it's going to be released because they wanted to show it to their friends that weren't able to make it to the show. And that's, that's super cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, that was really humbling to have these people reach out and, and actually I had quite a few messages of, you know, just saying thank you. And, and I, you know, I would have done the same thing and, and just, you know, saying how good it was. And I was, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's cool because I hear, I hear you guys saying a lot, like, um, you know, well, it's, it's unique for us hunters. And, you know, I was trying to show that, I think what you're trying to show is that hunters like have emotions like that yeah. you actually do care. And I think that that is what's missed a lot in society is, is that that concept that you don't care that there's something about what you, that, that you can do that, it, that you don't care. And um, I think what the movie does portray is that you're not just a bunch of selfish jerks who just want to kill big trophy animals yeah. that you can, you can, witness an animal suffering 
and make a decision that's going to um, help the animal. And, and in turn, you get, you also get that emotional connection. You get it, you get it, you know, it's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. Just like going out and I, I would guess going out and killing a trophy animal. It's maybe not the easiest thing to do, right? Like there's a split second, I would guess where everybody should have that feeling of like, okay, I'm going to pull this trigger and like this animal's going to die. Right. I've never done that. Maybe you don't think like that, but it's after for me, it's, mm-hmm. it's when I approach the animal and yeah. put my hands on it. It's yeah, no, there's, there's definitely times where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a respect thing. It's been said, you know, before I think on, you know, a lot of other podcasts, I mean, maybe even on this one, but it's, it's a respect that you have for them, you know? And yeah, it's, it's, it is different. I've often thought about this too. And kind of like we alluded to before on the TV shows or the, the movies that were out there, um, before is, uh, high fiving fist bumping, you yeah. know, jumping around and Yahoo type thing. I've never really understood that. Um, you know, I'm not belittling folks that do it, I guess, if that's what, you know, they, they need to do. But, um, I've never had an animal that I just, you know, walk up to it and immediately, you know, start doing that, making a scene. Um, I'm usually extremely somber. Anybody that's been with me, I don't say anything. I just, yeah. I, you know, I'm, pretty quiet don't show a whole lot of emotion and uh i don't know it's probably weird but you know i just want to you know yeah i get a few photos but i just immediately go to get this animal out mode um there's never this i'm excited i guess internally but i don't really show it you know on the outside well, if somebody was that. on the hill looking at me down there and i, I walk up on my animal they're not going to see a whole lot. They're just going to see me basically get down to the nitty gritty, breaking that animal down and getting it out. Um, I think a lot of non hunters, um, I don't know. I don't think they would see that. I think they would, I think they see, unfortunately what they've seen in the past is chest bumps, throwing the gun to the side and high fiving and this, that, and Yahoo type stuff. And I don't know it. Like I said, I can't really be little folks that, that do that. That's what they need to do, I guess. I just have never done that. I'm pretty darn somber when I walk Well, I've it. watched a lot of video. Ryan take, Ryan does take video out in the field because he does it by himself. He's also always <laughs> solo hunting. So he's like doing selfie things, trying to take yeah. some video. And he's done a lot of good videos. We don't show most of them. But he he's pretty even after he'll video sometimes like right after and he's going to wait. And then maybe go follow the animal or whatever. Yeah. And he's he's excited, but he's still, you know, he's still kind of calm, cool, collected. It's a great name, true conservation. I mean, it's a perfect name for yeah for it. Um, I think uh, you know, like I said, I'm curious about what what people are going to come, what their reactions are going to be to this. Um, and I think the other side, most hunters, what their reactions are going to be, like I, what I got out of it. Um, I'm going to start, I know after that, you know, we had all these fires this year, immediately, I want to just like, I want to go see, I want to go see if there's like critters out there that took it um, hard and, you know, they're, you know, they're burnt and they're not doing well. Um, It's definitely going to be a thought on my brain from here on out. Yeah. We get more fires. seems like every year we get more and more fires in the high country. I don't know why these years, but we do. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Well, Zach, tell us when and where. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, well, when 
this will air hopefully the day it's released is kind of okay. what I'm anticipating. All right, it's coming so out if you're today. listening yeah. to this, it's yeah, out. It's and out. Where is it at? Um, so it'll be it'll be on YouTube. Okay. Um, uh, my channel is the Hard Hardworking Hunter. Um, I'll have it on my website too, just hardworkinghunter.com. Um, you know, if you're a Mule Deer Foundation subscriber, you might get an email that has a link to it. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll have a link to it. You know, on the on your guys's website, I'll have a link to this podcast in the um, you know YouTube or you know below the the film. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be on YouTube. It's kind of the main main place. I'll, I'll, it'll be blasted all over Instagram too and whatnot. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, my my channel there's at hardworking hunt at hardworking hunter. Yeah. Sure. At hard underscore working underscore hunter. <laughs> underscores. I hate those underscores. I, I screwed up yeah. on some underscores the last <laughs> podcast, but I'm yeah. like, why do they do these things? <laughs> yeah. So uh uh did you want to tell anybody anything else that you got coming up? Um You know, uh, I got you a couple like films. you got a million projects uh, going here yeah. in the next year or two. Yeah, yeah. So I got I mean just future films coming out. Um I got my bowl still that I shot last year that I'm working on. Um this hopefully this yeah this spring uh we'll have a, a sheep film coming out um i buy your sheep tag washington this year bighorn that film is gonna be amazing um and then i kind of was slow on during the season this year i didn't hunt a lot because while well, i was filming helping you know and then at the same time i'm kind of saving for next season because i'm now an uh, alaskan resident or I'm in the process of becoming an Alaskan resident, and next year will be Alaska Adventures. So, um, yeah, definitely, have... definitely sheep, hopefully mountain goat too in the same year, and then you know whatever else I can fit in. Um, so it's you have done what a lot of us hunters have wanted to do for yeah. years, and yeah. you actually went through with it and did it, and that is become an Alaskan resident. Yes, so you're in the process yeah. of doing that. Um, why? So I can hunt the Alaskan wildlife at a fraction of the cost. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so it's very uh, smart. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. Uh, definitely gonna you know be able to hunt up there for a couple of years. So well, what's good at you know for us is uh, you're gonna probably make a whole lot of videos, yes. a lot of movies up there, and um, you know what better place to do that um, than up there? Yeah, you know, you've done a lot down here already, so getting the ability to do that and actually have a tag in your pocket and, mm -hmm. and chase those animals while you're young <laughs> and not our age. Yeah. And, uh, and can actually afford it by becoming a resident. It's pretty yeah. smart, man. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be fun. I'm excited to, uh, you know, create a bunch of films up there and, um, you know, I got some, I upgraded some equipment and my films now are going to be better than they ever you were have telling been. me about the camera you got. I got a couple of them. And, uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, I'm, super pumped it, in fact better. in fact some of the posts now that i've made on instagram you can already tell i got a new camera because like you know i'm capturing northern lights you know taking some night photos and mm. you know i mean it's just it, way better yeah, yeah it's it's fun so I'm, I'm getting a lot more into the photography side of it which has kind of been really fun to learn right so yeah yeah th thanks for having me on guys this has been awesome zach and his girlfriend brandy are yeah. here and they actually had a meal with us yeah. and they said everything was good yeah. Nothing was bad. It was <laughs> so, amazing. Passed, the, the soup passed. Yeah. I got it. I got test. to cook for people. You know, we've sat through this whole us. podcast and we've had these, what are they, squash, slash They're pumpkin, butternut, squash, muffins. walnut muffins. Yeah. And nobody has dove in. 
during the podcast and it's actually kind of hard to eat one. all these things <laughs> like uh, i was expecting zach to do all the talking i could have <laughs> yeah. i was gonna pull his mic away and start down <laughs> i didn't do it yeah no it was it was good yeah i mean i'm on this side of mountains because i gotta go catch a plane back to alaska and it, it was great we're glad you came you're welcome anytime yeah, this was we awesome. don't always have to do a podcast but when you come back you probably have to do a podcast <laughs> i think i think what's gonna happen is you guys are gonna end up in alaska fishing this summer or something yeah, no. yeah, like oh that. my gosh it's yeah. been a long time since we've been in alaska fishing i hear i hear it coming now you got places oh to stay i well, already is, i already have talking i think this is my future is um me in this kitchen cooking while ryan is off traveling the world doing all these exotic trips that everybody wants to give him while i'm here whoa 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 i said you, the... you guys are coming oh, to alaska i, oh. I definitely that's said funny because that. i never get anything in the mail everything's addressed to him so i'm seeing like trips to alaska sh- goat trips here yeah it's Jeez, okay i'm good i'm good but uh yeah i think that i see that in our future yeah. as a oh yeah um, great um let Zach go up there and make all the good connections. You know, Alaska is a really amazing place. It's uh, it's it's different than anywhere else. You know, we Ryan spent a lot of time there. I spent one summer there, <clears throat> and I've been on a cruise there <laughs> <That's> <laughs> without not really, Ryan. That's not really Alaska. <laughs> Actually, I got to see um, glaciers calving, which was super oh, cool yeah. in the bay. There, it was a sunny day, and I got to go to the inlet. Um, you know the the whatever that's called where they go up uh kenai and all that stuff it was bluebird skies but but ryan's had all those experiences in alaska that really uh shaped him in the early years and uh so there's a lot of fondness for that for that place and but there's so much to see you just can't see it i mean i saw a lot of the a lot of the fishing opportunities i saw a lot of rivers saw a lot of bears and moose but i never actually got to pursue the moose and the caribou and the sheep and the goats Mm -hmm. you know i was just up there to work and fish and um, yeah you know show people great areas but never did get actually hunted no i'm super excited to hunt sheep next year that's like yeah i mean that's just i mean i'm going to all these sheep banquets hoping to draw a sheep tag and finally i'm just like i'm gonna make the move and put the odds into my own hands you know yeah well again um appreciate you actually you know coming here and hanging with us and and just making that film i think um you know, kind of like we were talking in the beginning of this podcast, uh, the more films out there that are this type that actually, you know, people have to think about people, it, it, it basically gets you thinking in a different way, Mm -hmm. which it did for me. Um, we need that. Yeah. We need that out there as hunters. And, um, and I just, I absolutely love it. So, um, again, thanks for making that and keep making phenomenal films, not just the cinematography, but the stories yeah um, no that's good stuff you know you know you brought up donnie and and donnie <laughs> definitely led well i feel like he led the way when it comes mm-hmm. to you know adding a more cinematography look to hunting and uh, yeah i mean i've definitely looked up to his stuff and you know him and you know nate simmons and you know jason matzinger you know, there's there's a bunch of them yeah and yeah it's a pretty cool time yeah pretty cool little era yeah. we're in right now yeah and I, i'm, I'm a little behind the curve but I, you know i'm getting there and 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 then uh, it's uh it's showing i, I can you know the progression you can see on youtube if you watch some of my earlier stuff you know two three four years ago mm-hmm. to now i mean it's it's gonna be i'm super looking forward to the future like yeah. so well one thing you 
you'll always get older and you usually <laughs> always get better. That's yeah. That's how we look at it, right, babe? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Right, yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was saying something nice there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think it's uh, true for men. You guys get better as you get older. And us women, you know. <laughs> it's oh, like, please. what is that wrinkle? My eyes are going bad. <laughs> but now, if we could just stay 35 forever. You haven't even hit your peak yet. It's great. I'm jealous. I know. I'm always shocked at how young Zach is. <laughs> I know. He's so mature. <laughs> Hey, he, Brian's got more hair than I do, so. Dude, Brian will always have more hair than anybody. Have you seen his dad? His dad has a full head of hair. It's getting thinner now, I've noticed, but his dad has been blow drying his hair for like oh, years. So, Brian is like not yeah. going to be losing his hair anytime well, soon. Everybody told me back in my early days, oh, you can't, you got to quit wearing that hat because you're yeah. going to lose all your hair, but I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. Okay. I'm growing it out longer and I'm wearing a hat every yeah. single day. But mark my words. When hunting season's over, that thing on your face is coming ah. off. <laughs> my face mask? Yeah, I know. I, I look I, over at that thing sometimes. It's like got a life of its own. <laughs> the hairdresser's like, can I please trim your beard? No. Can I trim, please just get like, something? Like, two more hunts like, no. left. Two more hunts. So he's going to go back to baby face. Like He'll look like you here pretty soon. He'll look oh. like a baby face. Is yeah. that baby face? No. He's pretty he scruffy. Hasn't, he hasn't, she hasn't seen me shave. He so. does not have like a Russian czar beard going on right now yeah. like you do. Yeah. yeah. I bet yeah. it. Yeah, I'm scruffy, but I like <laughs> it. And I'm going into um, some pretty gnarly winter hunts yeah. coming up here. So uh, I think it'll uh, serve a purpose. No, it's good for that. That's great, but soon. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, Zach, go, I gotta go catch a plane. We gotta get you on a plane, man. <laughs> it's awesome to have you guys all right. here. Thanks again. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk to you Sweet. soon. I'm sure. Yep. This summer will go down as one of the worst fire seasons in North America due to unprecedented wildfires. The restoration cost will be in the millions, and state agencies are going to be challenged to fully meet these needs. The Mueller Foundation has stewardship agreements with the BLM as well as the Forest Service that allows them to jump in right away on this restoration process. Over 9 million acres have been burned this year, so leveraging Mule Deer Foundation dollars with state, federal, and local agencies really helps in aggressively reseeding of native grasses and planting of native vegetation. These projects can be necessary to avoid losing deer to starvation during what could be a really tough winter. Supporting conservation groups such as the Mule Deer Foundation can really help our wildlife as they tirelessly strive to restore deer habitat and wintering ranges for every, you know, all critters after devastating natural disasters such as wildfires. If you'd like to help, you might think about becoming a member or simply get on to mule and donate.